1: Brandy Wiggins Show by Eurosport in association with Laka Bicycle Insurance, powered by the community.
2: Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, the home of cycling. I'm your host, Graham Wilgos. We have spent three weeks in awe of an at-times jaw-dropping Tour de France. In the end, Egan Bernal made history as the first Colombian winner of the yellow jersey. At just 22 years and six months, the team Ineos rider is also the Tour's youngest champion since Francois Farbert in 1909. But now's teammate, Geraint Thomas, had to settle for a bittersweet second place, with Jumbo Vismas' Stephen Kreishwick rounding out the podium. It's been the most exciting tour we've enjoyed for decades. Brad and Eurosports own Matt Stevens have been up and down mountains and driven through some truly biblical rain to deliver the show over the past three weeks, including some bonus episodes for us. Like Julian Alaphilippe, they have given everything. But I'm pleased to say, chaps, you've made it to Paris. Ding, 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 ding. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins podcast.
3: Of course, I'm Bradley Williams. I'm with me, Matt Stevens, as ever. Matt, do you want to tell us where we are today? We're in Rambule. We had a long transfer from Mâcon after finishing Val Thorens, so we drove a lot last night, stayed over, leisurely morning, and and came here. We tried having McDonald's breakfast, didn't we? But uh, yeah. we've all
4: developed addictions to what though, Matt? Have we developed the addiction to it, the Yop? Last yop. Yop. So yop play. Yop Hey, uh, Yop, if you want to sponsor us, be feel feel free to send in coconut, strawberry, raspberry. It's Become been, the main flavours of the van.
3: It's the, it's the yogurt drink of choice. Your good drink of choice. <laughs> yeah, we're in Rambley, aren't we? Well, good morning. Burnt down McDonald's. Yop stops. But do you know what? What a tour it's been. But you're here in Rambley. It's one of the most traditional we're starts. For referee, the we? Very typical. Yeah. And we're just literally, the caravan's coming past. Fifty metres away, there's well, a. Explain le- what you're seeing there, Matt. With I've your just own seen eyes. it's the Leclerc float that's just gone by with a person waving. Next up, it looks like it's cheese. It's the free cheese we get in the village. That's just going by. Next up is another float full of cheese. I mean, it's just float after float float after float after float there's some oven chips just going by McCain oven chips and that's cheese um, but yeah we're all of course
4: the amount of Colombians here I've seen walking around they all wear ah, Colombian football shirts they they're do. all here of course for one man aren't they Matt? Egan Bernal Egan I mean Bernal. now 99% sure going to be the winner of the Tour de France bar in any real major mishaps today yeah
3: it should be i mean as you know Brad you've been well in a, in a magnificent place of Starting here in Rambouillet, doing the lap of honour down the champs You know what it feels like. But that young man, only 22 years of age, with his country behind him. I saw some images last night, again on social media, of the reaction for when he finally crossed the line, handing hand with Geraint Thomas yeah. against somebody else's waving There's to someone us over I there. Went,
4: no, that's someone I went to school with, Matt Rabin.
3: Is it yeah, Matt Rabin he's again? He's coming over.
4: Chiropractor, osteopath. Here for he is for, for EF Education EF First. He, other, on. Maybe he looks
3: like he's going to come on the show. Other teams are available, of course. Matt we're, we're, do, we're doing Brad's pod, podcast. We're podcast. Do you want to just say hi? Say hi oui. to the podcast. Yeah. Oh, he's on the
4: phone. Bonjour, c'est pas les mecs. Wait, how's his education first? How is everyone in their team? Everyone in one piece? Who are you talking to? You. They're very good, mate. Very good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> last stage. has of course, isn't he, TJ? TJ's not riding, oh. mate. Well, he's, he, he's, he was ill. TJ's, yeah, TJ's gone home, sadly. Crashed out early doors, hasn't he? Well, Nigel Mitchell in McDonald's last night. <laughs> yeah, see, Nigel did, yeah? We did. We did. Never trust a fat nutritionist. Other nutritionists are available. <laughs> we'll let you go, Matt, because we'll you're not giving go. us much. A podcast. The, podcast. the Bradley Wiggins podcast,
3: live from Ramblay, but recorded.
4: Thank you very much. Yeah. Dane of the day. We like Dane of the that day. Is, is we got a new Dane of the day today from Denmark. No, it's a surprise. It's, 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 we can't really... Room. Yeah,
3: we, he's, he's under wraps. Right. Oh, that's so cheeky. Matt, now? go. Off you go. Off you go. Sorry,
4: <laughs> yeah, Paris,
3: Oh, lovely little guest appearance from Matt yeah, Raven. So that was
4: Matt Raven. I used to go to school with Matt. Matt actually got expelled from our school for throwing a chair at a teacher, went on to become a doctor of chiropractic. He's turned his life around, though, Brad. Yes,
3: he, he has. Good lad, Matt. But that, well, Ramblay's got a lot to offer so far, hasn't it? But so, yeah,
4: um, um, where were we at? We were at... Egan Bernal. Egan Bernal. Um, but one man, of course, who will know what that feeling is to ride into Paris, and, yet, of course, who I think's had a sterling performance Performance really to defend his title in
3: Garon Thomas. Yeah, he's had an amazing race. A lot to him, haven't you? The last few. I weeks? have. I mean, um, he's had a lot of bad luck. We know that his year has been, you know, um, thwarted mm. injuries, crashes. Kind of trying to find his form. Finally, came round. Of course, in a what was it the uh, Tour. Romani got third there. Crashed out of the Tour of Switzerland. After he's looking good. Another, another race, of course, won by Egan Bernal, who's been phenomenal this year. But no, just. I think it's worth dwelling on, on the fact that uh, he's carried himself with, with a real integrity, a proper yeah. champion, been, been great to us. Uh, but the bit when he crossed the line on Val Terenz, hand in hand with Egan Bernal, um, was, was something pretty special.
4: Yeah, and I think um, he, it's fair to say he's been strong enough to win this race himself, hasn't he, really? He and has. I think that's reflected a little bit. There's a tinge of disappointment. He's the ultimate team player. You know, I think it's, um, you know, G's sacrificed so many of his own chances over the years for other people.
3: Yeah, I think it's been a race of, as we know, you know, bike racing, whether in a single day race or in a grand tour, quite often is made up of significant moments, isn't it? Significant moments where... You hesitate, you yeah. make a, you make a decision, and you look back and you think, well, if I'd have made the, that call or this call, it could have changed the but course he's had of the race. But crashes as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, weeks, so. he's had it. But you know,
4: actually, to be fair, Egan Bernal's had a pretty other than the two minute twenty loss in the time trial. Is a, cl- a lot of times, he's had a pretty straight run, which is, I don't think he'll fully appreciate just how I'd say how lucky he's been because you make your own luck at times. But there is an element of luck. I mean, G's had everything go against him that could. And yet, Egan's had that smooth run through to the finish, hasn't he?
3: And I think that was reflected in that one little, rather poignant sentence that he said to me yesterday. And many of you who've watched Eurosport um, would have seen the interview. He said that you know when you get that, sometimes get that feeling that it's just not going to be your time. And, uh, and yeah, it, and, well, it, and he it said
4: wasn't. that. He said that yesterday, didn't yeah, he? Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that, yeah.
3: that basically sums it up. But uh, but, um, but no, he, he supported you know uh, Egan on the final stage. He did say that he wanted to attack. He really hmm. wanted to get across the gap to Nibbly, but he. But he said, "We would great to finish off with a stage win, but was worried about Kruijswijk. And in the end, he actually dropped Kruijswijk on the finishing yes, straight anyway. he did, yeah. So that's another little moment. But that, that's yeah. that's bike racing. And, and another uh,
4: Dutchman on the podium. And yeah. So I think we have to time. both say, don't we, really, that congratulations to Dave Brailsford and the whole Ineos team, as well as Egan Bernal and Grian Thomas and, and everyone. And even Luke Rose, that now got home. He played his part, didn't he, right until however many days ago it was now that he, he got disqualified from the race. But, yeah... It's been, um, it's been an amazing tour, and obviously, the biggest loser yesterday was probably Julian
3: Alaphilippe, wasn't it? Yeah, he couldn't do any more. There's some I real. Mean, I mean, when. I mean, it ultimately wasn't even Ineos who put the pressure on Alaphilippe. It was, the, it was that third place overall, mm. or the podium spot was at op- overall. I spoke to George Bennett before the start. He said, We are going to put a lot of pressure on early. And Lawrence DePluce. What a ride by the Belgian who took it up halfway up the, the climb of Val Tourenji. Yeah. You just hear the convoy in the background, by the way. Took it up, and, but ultimately that was uh, the death knell for Julian Alaphilippe, who lost. Was, yeah. Well, he actually lost fourth. I think he was fifth overall in the end, yeah. so lost, capitulated. But the pictures of him sat in the car park at the end, deflated, but still very, very proud. Now, he's not going to be on the podium in Paris. Roman Bardet yeah. will, which is yeah, a bit of weird. Of course, yeah. But, and but we still
4: speak about it last night, didn't we? That amazing photo on Instagram of, oh, of God, him yeah. stood in 96 with his father watching. Richard Viron come past. I think Luke Leblanc's in the photo as well in polka dot. And um, now he's done it himself, and he put a great picture with him and his dad then and now, which 23 years on, amazing. And that's what cycling is about. We did speak about this last night, didn't we? Yeah,
3: I mean, uh, I, you know, like you like say, I'm obviously a bit a different level than Low lads, but I, I came to the tour in '86. I've mentioned before, and I, I watched those riders of, of that generation, LeMondino, you know, and that inspired me to want to get involved in this mm. sport as well, mate. Yeah. You know, um, but uh, yeah, it's all about inspiring people, and that and the Tour de France certainly is. done that this I year. I mean,
4: even Ben, my son, who's been on the race with us, he said last night we watched it at the side of the road that it was really inspiring by it and now he wants to come and try and win the Tour and, that, and that's you, know, you think there's thousands and thousands of kids that come out and watch this race that's what the Tour's like, that's what it does to you, even I got carried away yesterday trying to give Nibs a cheer on. You you, you, want, him to, you want his bead on didn't you? He cheer, came by yeah, and yeah, his, he threw oh, his bead on not to me, but there was a horrible French man who took it and
3: we'll have to go back and, and have a word to. with him <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but there, there's definitely something special about the Tour, it kind of uh, yeah. and, and living in the bubble of the Tour, I mean you've raced it we've kind of lived it through these these last three weeks, or right, even more, I think it's 28 days in total we've been You've dipped in and out, yeah. dipped in and out, but um, you become just consumed by the race. And I must admit, I've not looked at anything else at all. I mean, I've not really thought about anything else apart from the tour. No,
4: no. And I think, but at that front end of the race yesterday, I think we have to give a special mention to Vincenzo Nibali, winner of the stage. That was a great... Also, who finished second in Alejandro Valverde, world yeah. champion. Second, I mean, third. they're both my generation riders. Really, we kind of grew up racing together, so it was kind of nice to see the old guard sort of. I wouldn't say having their last hurrah, because I'm sure we'll see more of them. Um, but Nibbly especially yesterday, that was some ride That
3: That was a big, big ride. He went early, didn't he? They had about two-minute lead. That was gradually chipped away. He had 10 seconds at the end, but the way he rode up that final climb was impressive. And, and when you think about it, he is moving on. The, the rumours, although it's not confirmed, we can't yeah, we don't we don't know that officially till the first of August. But he's moving on to Trek Segafredo. Yeah. But that was an important win, and, uh, and he's had a tough time of it. Had a, a tough time in the Giro, although runner-up in the Giro isn't that bad. No, but eleven uh, Grand Tour podiums, Vincenzo. He's uh, yeah, a, a beautiful, beautiful win, and and in the, in the final, I was I must admit, I was willing him on.
4: Yeah, I think I don't think there was a person that wasn't willing him on because he he thoroughly deserved that, especially on a stage where me and Sean had said in pre-show. I don't think a break's going to go, I don't think a break's going to get very far. And they didn't, they only got more, two minutes five? Two minutes tops, I think, yeah, 2.10 or something. You know, he sustained that for that whole stage, which was, was amazing, really. Um, so hats off and chapeau to Vincenzo Nibali.
3: I think the other standout for me was how the race, you know, we always say the what-ifs and and, you know, the, the what, the what about this race, of course, the, the stage that was cut short, Bernal obviously won, got the time, would Geraint right, jumped across, would have mm-hmm. Alaphilippe kind mm-hmm. of been resurgent? I don't think he would. But the big one for me, and I think it's important as we wrap up the tour, is... Thibaut Pino he, I think he would have been definitely on the podium yeah. and I think he, the way that he accelerated away from Bernal on a couple of occasions yeah. in particular the way he dropped him on the Tourmalet big big shame and, um, and to see him have to quit the race just a couple of days ago is very sad but uh, yeah I think that's the, the most significant turning point for me in the way that the final GC shaped up was the admission of Pino
4: and looking ahead to next year I can't wait till next year oh, already mate, mate. so I'll throw this one at you Matt yep. Egan Bernal Geraint Thomas Chris Froome all got tour wins still left in them Thibaut Pino back, hopefully. You know, he's still only young, isn't he? Yep. Julian Alaphilippe, is he going to focus on the tour next year? Um, you know, we've got Tom Dumoulin, of course, going to Jumbo Visma. That's yep. the, what I've heard. Rolich, I mean, it, it, we're already lined up for Kreisvik. There's three grand tour specialists in that team now. What an amazing tour we've got in, in line for next year. Yeah,
3: we, we, we believe Miko Lander might be going to replace a at Bahrain. Yeah, yeah. So we've got all the... There's a bit of shuffling of the pack in terms of where, where riders are. But no, the Chris Froome one is, is the one that I still can't get my head around in terms of what Ineos will do. I think a lot will depend on the release of the parkour for the Giro and the Tour yeah, in particular. They'll look at which one... Carapaz as well, don't forget. Yeah, Carapaz is going to be in the mix. But I, I don't know, the feeling, gee... I'm not saying he's going to get left behind, but I'm wondering what his choice is. I mean, will they give him leadership in the Giro, for example, yeah. or will they, will they focus on looking at the Tour course, whether they let Bernal ride the Giro, maybe G go for the Vuelta and Froome for the Tour? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it it's would depend on the, on the course. Well, I
4: think G and Chris Froome have both still got another Tour winning them, for sure. I think so, yeah. Chris, of course, for a historic fifth, which he's more than capable of, I think he'll probably come back stronger. This this accident would have actually given him the
3: motivation he probably needs to, to come yeah. back and prove himself one yeah. last time, really. Do you, um, yeah. on, on that note, Brad, do you think that trying to put, your, trying to put yourself in the shoes of Dave Brill is a quite difficult thing to do? But do you think he just he wants to win another Tour de France, or does he want Chris Froome to win another no, Tour de France?
4: I think for Dave, it's about it's the putting tour, His it? pawns wear their best place, so it's not about the person. No. It's about how no, can he win the race? The team. It's yeah. about that team. I agree. Um, that's his job. I don't think he can get too emotionally attached to one rider. Yeah, and you know, I've experienced that myself. It's about. The team performance and the team winning. And that's what—that's why he, someone asked me actually yesterday, how does he do it? I think that's how he does it. He doesn't get too emotionally attached to the individuals. It's about the team and putting their strengths best where they're placed. Yeah, And I think that's how they do it.
3: Yeah, and again, that was a question I asked him the day before yesterday. At the start, I was quite direct and said, look, you came into this race with two leaders. Have you still got two leaders? And he kind of sidestepped the, the kind of question, really. We're just getting some more drinks in. Cheeky little rose there for about it. He kind of sidestepped the question and said, we're here to win the tour. Yeah, he didn't he couldn't answer because no. Didn't well, want I don't to reveal think he, their I hands. think
4: that's someone's got to keep that level-headedness, you know. And I have. think that's what Dave's so good at. Um, of course, he enjoys the victory. Of course, he's happy for the individual at the time, but he's good at reflecting and coming back and just focusing on next year. Now, yeah. so why that person is maybe enthralled and wrapped up in the the reaction in their country, saying the fame, the elevation of fame. Uh, the awards, the accolades that come with it, the people, the stopping, the people that want to speak to them constantly. Dave goes back to the drawing board and starts thinking about next year. And someone's got to do that, and that's what he does so well.
3: I think one of the... They had a press conference after the stage in Val Terenzi, I see both uh, Egan Bernal and Garant Thomas there. Dave centre stage, of course. And one of his... And, and he, he, did, uh, he did mention it to me on, on the finish line, but he said it was one of the most chaotic tours, very, very difficult to predict what was happening. But what... They stuck to a plan. They were first and second overall. Um, but his words were, which I want you to kind of like comment on. It was strategy overcame chaos, and that's ultimately what it was. Yeah. Both Egan remained calm throughout, from what I could sense, what I could see. Geraint was the same, and obviously you need to, because cy- cycling is the most chaotic of sports, and. And when, when Dave B first came on, onto the game and was working with you in the Team Pursuit Squad, it's all about control, isn't it? Controlling the environment, controlling yeah. things. And first off, winning on the road wasn't easy. No. But they've now got this kind of, I wouldn't say a happy medium, but somehow they, they managed to do it, don't they? They managed yeah. to control the chaos somehow.
4: Yeah, it's controlling the emotions and the individuals. And, and Dave's very good at just staying calm, level-headed. Um, like I said, I said on TV the other day that the, um, you know, the, the sort of pandemonium of the cancelled stage riders, the frustration, the anger. Dave's just good at getting everyone back to, to level playing field and just saying, look, it is what it is. Tomorrow's another day. And and he's very good at that. He doesn't actually get the credit for it, to be fair, because people don't see that side of it, really. And And Dave's just very good at Detaching and distancing everyone from the chaos, and and you see that come out in riders' interviews. Actually, uh, G said it yesterday in an interview I watched that he'd done with you. Actually, where he said, you know, I'm just looking forward to getting home, seeing my wife, shutting the door from this c- crazy circus in daytime to breakfast That's, TV. It's almost a, a Davism that you know that this is a circus. And, and keeping perspective and not getting drawn in—it's a bit like Twitter. You know, we were talking about Twitter the other day. Once you go on it, you get you know kind of hooked on it, and you start replying to people. And before you know it, you've been on it for three days, and you become a sad person. And um, Dave's very good at seeing this for what it is, and this, that's how he's gone through all this turbulent time the last couple of years. He's
3: he, he's he's a master of keeping perspective. Let's say. I think you mentioned what what's goes on behind the scenes, at Ineos, and we can't not dwell on on. Only just because they've dominated the sport over the last few years, yeah. you know, and, it, and it's interesting to try and unpick well, how per, exactly they do it. It's parts of the sport. Yeah, yeah. I mean the tour, yeah. sorry. I, I do mean the tour. They certainly haven't dominated the classics, for example. No, but no I do mean not. the tour. But halfway through the tour, I, I asked Dave, what's been your highlight of the tour so far? And I thought it might be Geraint's performance at like the Planche de Bellefille, second in the team time trial, whatever. And he said, Matt, it was actually the, org- the way that the team organized going first off in the team time trial, the way that the staff behind the scenes made it easy for yeah. the team to adapt to a position that they don't normally have have they, they never really start off first in the no. team tantra because of what happened the day before you know there so he said it was what we did behind the scenes in a yeah. very very unfamiliar place for us and he said that was what is the highlight so that just shows the way he thinks but he's got a great set of team there
4: as well i mean i've been stood around with you guys this week around the NEOS bus while you get the interviews and that and i tend to keep my distance a bit um but the amount of staff members that come over saying hello and it's yeah. quite a lot of staff that have been there for a long time. And a lot of these teams are only as good as the staff, but Dave's very good at motivating those staff, um, and they are brilliant. And uh, they don't get enough credit, really. The riders obviously get a lot of the credit, but um, they
3: are a brilliant team behind the behind the scenes, really. So, yeah, I mean, we, we say they're kind of clinical and cold and stuff, but you do, you, know, they, 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 you see lovely. that. Yeah, you know, the staff yeah. are great. The riders seem seem happy. It was wonderful to see Egan Bernal's dad there mm. and his girlfriend there as well. There was there was, a, there was real genuine emotion, and I will put Pete, our producer, was caught on his phone. Dave with Tim Kerrison yeah, doing a selfie or the podium that as well. Really it's all these nice little moment, kind of all these kind of moments. I mean, they are human, but they do things in a certain way. Yeah. It's about winning, and, and sometimes winning at elite sport. It's mm. it's hard. It's it's brutal. It's kind it of. Uh, it's well, I can tell
4: you now. Tomorrow morning they'll be planning next year. Yeah, they won't hang around and rest on their laurels. He'll be planning next year's assault of Tour de France already. Yeah, if they haven't already started that
1: process. You're listening to the Bradley Wiggins Show from Eurosport.
4: Let's touch on Egan Bernal a little bit, Matt, because um, obviously I, I haven't actually seen him in person the last couple of weeks since I've been here. Obviously, you've, you've seen him a fair bit, haven't you, really? more well, more than I have anyway. And I, one thing that I remember seeing obviously yesterday when we were in transmission was... Your interview with, which is rare anyway, because I don't think people realise, but you set off eight eight, 8 <laughs> thirty in the morning we, we, to get two hours away back to team just yeah, to get that interview. Yeah. and It was in a different environment and more relaxed. I know there were some supporters there, wasn't there? Yeah, but it was incredibly um, sort of quite moving actually, because he was just like this little kid kind of in in kind of almost in. Shock of what he'd achieved, or certainly a realization of what he'd achieved, which which is is very rare for young riders now, especially from Colombia. I mean, he certainly knows the history of cycling. He, I
3: think you he's def- aware of what he's achieved. Yeah, I think you get the sense that he is aware, in his own way, of the gravity of what he's achieved, and it's and it's sinking in is is quite hard for him. And I think the day before I did the interview, we saw him break down um, whilst yeah, in the yellow that jersey, and that, yeah. and that was pretty powerful. And if none of you have seen that, it's worth hunting it out. I think it's on the Eurosport Twitter feed. You'll find it somewhere. It is worth watching. But um, as a person, you know, I think, as everybody has said, I thought that he, he's incredibly mature. Physiologically, clearly, is a rare, rare specimen. The maturity, the strength with what he was riding, the, the finest tall riders off his wheel was, was incredible. More as a person, you know... I, we did drive two hours to get there. It was it was worth it. But you're right. We, we went directly to the hotel. They were sharing the hotel with uh, with Lotto and O'Yumbo and and, um, and Richard Port's team Trek. And he came down with his with his bouncer, the bouncer that you know, the big dude with the with no,
4: the I tattoos. Know. we didn't don't have know. Bouncer now, don't oh, me. I didn't have a bouncer well, I did one over the tour, tour of Britain as a side note. It was Chris Llewellyn. Chris Llewellyn. Yeah. Blimey, that, that's, that's another three. story.
3: Maybe for a micro it was
4: podcast. Probably just as
3: hard as the <laughs> man built like a brick house that Ineos have got. Indeed. But no, but he's he, a Chelsea fan. <laughs> he, he came down the stairs and. Uh, we we teed up the interview with the press officer with George and um, George wasn't anywhere to be seen and I was like oh does Egan know and I said, I said Egan we've got an interview arranged and he said oh oh okay and he looked on his phone and I said well George did mention it he said oh no it's fine no, it's fine no, where do you want to do it and he was really really calm and collected and and just nice and he and he considered every single question there was this really nice pause where and obviously English isn't his mother tongue you know but his English is impeccable. Um, I like the
4: fact he knew how many hours sleep he had. Yeah, straight Three off days, nine, yeah. nine. It's probably a nine spreadsheet. Very really nice. There's,
3: there's probably a spreadsheet for that, isn't Wasn't so. Danish, by the way. He yeah. wasn't Danish. No, he's definitely Colombian. is a again. But no, he came across maturely. But I, I felt a little bit. I mean, all mentioned it as well about that interview. I felt a little bit. But I'm old enough to be his dad, and I, and I felt. I, I, I looked at him. Kind yeah. of am. You know, yeah, I, yeah, I, maybe, I, I, yeah. I old enough to be his dad. And I looked at him and I thought, you know, I was trying to get a sense, wanted to, to say how much it kind of, how much it kind of affected him, how he was kind of coping with it, and what it meant back home and you could see he got a little bit emotional as well and I must admit I came off the interview and I was quite buzzing that's what I do now I don't ride yeah, my bike anymore yeah, yeah. I try and put what I can into interviews but only that I, silly
4: little bike we put in the back every day
3: yeah well it's your little brommy mate I mean uh, i would still not checked it after, after it, oh, fell it fell out, out. it <laughs> fell out of <laughs> the boot didn't it in Sorry. Macon um, anyway that's <laughs> another story I'll look into but that, yeah, that yeah, later. the other
4: thing I was going to ask you was um, Obviously, how do you think this is going to affect him going forward? Yeah. I mean, um, I spoke to Matt Rendell yesterday in the Media Village, who's obviously, I think he was married to a Colombian, or certainly is very attached to Colombian cycling and speaks, obviously, the language. And, um, and I said, you know, what's his background? Where's he come from? You know, was he from a wealthy background, etc., etc.? And he said, no, he's from one of the poorest, poverty-stricken backgrounds. He's sp- interviewed his mother, and he said his mum said... She, she, in her words, Egan had no childhood, right. which was f-ing tragic, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I said, well, "What do you mean by that?" She said that just he he described, obviously with the translation, um, that the, the anxiety she had watching him grow up because they just literally had no money and he had no childhood. Um, whether in terms of material items that child children have and things, which I thought was amazing, really. And I think that's part of the attachment with his emotion attached to his father at the finish. He's now won the Tour de France. And we're only talking, when she talks about childhood, we're 10 years and before, aren't we? 10 years ago and before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 10 years ago, I was at the Tour de France in 2009 with Lance Armstrong finished fourth. He was 12 (laughs) in Colombia. I mean, it's, um, and now he's won the Tour de France. And, And Egan doesn't do this to become rich and famous. He's done it for the sporting sense. You could see that. He's sporting performance through and through. Obviously, there are things that come with that money, etc., etc. And without being too vacuous and, you know, attaching it to money, but it's it's some nice payback for his family in the sense. If they had, you know. He'll be able to look after his family. You know, I don't want to attach it too much to the no, financial rewards no, that come with it. No. But, no. But it- first and foremost, they'll just be. Proud as anything to see their son win the Tour de France. Yeah,
3: and he, and he'll he'll be treated as a hero, and um, it, the, the, and he the, should be, and, and it should be. Yeah, you no, know, and our uh,
4: country, we, amount of Colombians we met on the route They're,
3: they've yeah, yeah, they will soak it up, won't yeah, they? Yeah, I mean it means a lot. We we see them over the years. I mean, I remember back. Was it 1984 when we saw the Amateur in Columbia, Columbia, amateur Columbia yeah, team riding yeah. the tour? Luis and Herrera. Luis Herrera, um, Fabio Parra, yeah. all those kind of guys who win the stages. O
4: Rincon, he won in 93. Yeah. There was a team called Amaya as well after yeah. that. Um, and yes, yeah, so many over the years. You know, even um, obviously Quintana bursting onto the scene. Quintana's brother.
3: I think you just got to look to the Gaviria. new tour. It's
4: yeah, it's very Gaviria. rare we have a sprinter in Colombia, isn't Except it? Except really, so
3: normally climbers. But I, I, t- just touching on on uh, on Bernal himself again, it doesn't look like any other Colombian. It doesn't look like Chavez. He's not diminutive. No. He's he looks more like he might come from the Netherlands or something. Like. Well, he, it's he's It's kind of, a very good time trial. Is It's he? a ruler, which
4: th- was a real shock to see him lose so much time in the time trial. Yeah, wasn't he? he must
3: have, clearly must, must have just had an off day because a course like that was designed from his former Colombian TT champion. You know, a couple of years ago, in fact, he's won TTs. I think he won the TT last year in this first ever to a Romandie, he beat Roglic you know by a couple of seconds yeah. he's yeah. an amazing time trialist when he yeah. puts his mind to it cleared had an off day so with those attributes his climbing ability also the fact he can ride well in the crosswinds every single split in in, in this race when when the race mm. I think it was stage I don't know stage six or seven the first week when we saw the crosswinds he can do everything and that's why I think yeah. he's going to be here for a long time and he has well, yeah the, absolutely uh, the mindset I think Brad as well sorry to cut across to really carry the weight of expectation that his country now holds, and uh, I think he'll be around for a long time. One thing and
4: I have noticed is with the spectators, though, with the Colombian fans, they're not your average cycling fan. They don't come out every year. They are Colombians here all the time. that great. are living here, yeah. that know that now they because it's such a patriotic nation. Seeing the Colombians that are leading this race and have now come out. I mean, I, 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 we haven't we not we haven't arrived at the Champs Elysees. We're about a hundred k outside of Paris, aren't we, at the moment? But I think it's going to be a sea of yellow, blue, and red when we get there.
3: It was there, like because remember, it was the it, same when yeah. we
4: first won the tour, you know, with British flags. So it's just phenomenal to see, and it, it kind of. Even though you're not part of that country, but it, you can't help but feel proud as a nation from to see their patriotism.
3: It's lovely. It really, it really was. And, and they were the thing is, although they've got their Colombian favourites, when Valverde and Nibali will walk past the crowd, yes, on the finish line, they were they were chanting yeah, Nibbly's name. So yeah. you know they love cycling. They, they clearly love their own heroes. They respect their own heroes, yeah. but they respect all the key players as well and yeah. the riders that ride with panache, with flair, yeah. that are exciting. You know, and he's the first, which is always a special. Yeah, he it? is. I mean, yeah. and that he's he's made history Brad and yes. uh, it's been it's been a very very special tour
4: well last question to wrap up on this 10 years from now yep yeah what would that be 2029 yep how many tours would Bernard have won I-
3: I'm gonna go I'm gonna go f- I'm gonna go for five I would
4: say at least five yep I would go so far as to say I'll match Armstrong seven wow okay yeah
3: I remember this conversation with the maturity he's ridden with, grey-haired pundits I, I, yeah. in ten years. Yeah. No, but I, I would say, yeah, at least five, at yeah. least, and stick a Giro and a Volta, and I think he's going to win all three Grand Tours. Absolutely, absolutely. And somebody posted just a quick one, somebody quite interesting. Somebody posted on Twitter, and you're a bit of a statistician. You love the sport. You're a historian of the sport. Can you remember if anybody, actually, that, the question wasn't right because he was winning? No, winning his first tour without winning a stage because uh, riders or. have won their second or third tours without winning a stage I, I think they have actually yeah I'm pretty sure I don't I know actually we'll, we'll, we'll get I back to the next micro yeah. podcast on we'll that one we'll but look. it's a good we'll question look. though good question
1: listeners it's time to tell you a bit more about our sponsor lacquer lacquer is a smarter way of ensuring your bike and your gear it's a community of cyclists joining together to save each other money lacquer covers all the basics like theft and accidental loss and damage both at home and abroad It'll also cover you in sportives and competition races so long as you're not riding in the pro peloton. How does lacquer work, you ask? Well, instead of charging you a fixed premium, with lacquer you only pay a small share of the community's claims cost and your share is proportionate to how much you insure. Lacquer locks in a maximum price cap to make sure there are no nasty surprises even in months with lots of claims amongst the community. And when there are no claims that month, you could even pay nothing at all. Rest assured, claims are accepted fast, usually within 24 hours. On average, LACA's members have saved 61% on bike insurance. So why don't you investigate the benefits for yourself? Find out more at lacquer.co.uk and enter the promo code Wiggins to get £10 off. That's laka.co.uk A.co.uk and the promo code W-I-G-G-I-N-S.
4: Right, Matt, Stage 21, we're here in Paris now. The dust has settled yeah. on a momentous stage win. Do you want to tell us who
3: won? Yeah, it's... Caleb Ewan. <laughs> Caleb Ewan.
4: Caleb Ewan. Yes. Caleb Ewan won the stage. Not to be mistaken, of course, for Sean Kelly and... Cable Ewan. Cable. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, three stage wins in this race. Two in the Jira, five Grand, store, five grand Tour stage wins in the last two, it, three months. It was
3: magnificent. I, do you know Ed Ed Val went long, didn't he, about 250 yeah. metres ago? But, you know, it's a bit of a drag... Into that beautiful sunset, but he very came for a long way back, didn't he? Yeah, and then you know, Ewan, I mean, magnificent. It, the confidence he must have yeah. got from the last those two stage wins. We were just walking past a Lotto bus, and it exploded um, with joy. Three stage wins for for Ewan, yeah. And, but what about the lighting? Just the way the sun was setting of the art, the beautiful. triumph in the background, glorious. and then um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a glorious race and a glorious final stage as well. It has, it has, and
4: of course, Bernal, as we all expected, has gone away with the win. Yep. Which uh, the emotion, his family were there, wasn't he? I think his mum, his sis, his. Daddy's brother and I assume that was his brother and he looked quite st- sort of dumbfounded going up onto the podium of course he collected the white jerseys the youngest yep. rider which he's eligible for another three years for that yep. competition which is incredible um because we as we keep saying he's only 22 um and then of course going up to collect the, the coveted prize in the yellow jersey 22 years of age Colombia's first tour winner yeah um, columbia um, really. first time. and yes. his speech was pretty good actually it outdid mine by a long way did it? There was I mean, no I've raffle, heard both. There was no raffle prizes. There was no <laughs> looking round and telling people not to get too drunk. No. But it was uh, but you classy.
3: Were, you, you were 32, mate. I mean, he's, he's a young lad, isn't he. He's I mean, a young he, man. he's a young man. But no, he was. He spoke in English, English, I, Italian, French. and Italian yeah. as well. Because yeah. he's, he he did say that um, although he's Colombian, he's actually got you know an Italian heart, and he and mm. he did thank the Italian people, he He's seems, with Italian yeah.
4: teams. He seems like a real gentleman as well. He's grounded that lad, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he's, and he's, he's. I said to Dave when Dave Brailsford actually, I interviewed him in the car on the, on the race this morning, and said his maturity as a rider exceeds his age. Um, yeah. And his adolescence shone through when you interviewed him the other day in teen because he was yeah. almost this small child came out yeah. in him, which was amazing when you see that it, when the, those interviews that you obviously do, they really humanize those riders.
3: No, no, I mean, that's what I try and do, you know. I don't, people are interested in in their prowess on out on the road, but a lot of us just want to know what they're like as people. And that's essentially all, all, all athletes are. They're just people as well. And, he, and he's a very, simple, a very simple kind of young man, but mm-hmm. kind of... An interesting chat I had with Dave at the start of the day about him is that they've got to manage that now because mm. he's the winner of Tour de France. Yeah. And he was speaking to somebody quite high up in in apparently in Colombian politics who said that he now is going to be treated like a king mm. and for and for Ineos and they they've got to manage that, you know, yeah. the the kind of the media circus surrounding him when he goes back to his to his they homeland, do, yeah. it's gonna be something they're gonna to have to manage, you know. But but hey, Chapeau and what a tour it was. Yeah.
1: The Tour de France is done and dusted, but you can relive every stage and all the drama on demand via the Eurosport Player app and online via Eurosport.co.uk. And of course, this August and September, Eurosport will bring fans unrivaled expertise and analysis from all the best moments of the final Grand Tour of the season, Vuelta España. Try it for yourself on the app or at Eurosport.co.uk. Of course, Peter
4: Sagan, I think he was up there on the stage. I mean, he's certainly top five. Yes. I saw him on the images. But uh, a record now, a record surpassing Eric Zabel seven green jerseys. Yeah, it's made um, a magnificent uh, record. Uh, I can't see him being beaten in the next few years. No, well, speak. we had Dan Lloyd in on, on studio, actually, and Lloyd, he said, you know, he's sure that he'll get to ten. Which you can't, you can't not imagine, really, because he's 29. So I can see him going. Yeah, I, I
3: cannot see anybody. Maybe Michael Matthews challenging, but uh, no, I think he's, he could go into double digits. And you actually caught up with Peter Sagan earlier uh, in, the week. in the week. I did. He was uh, an
4: absolute legend of a boy. He came up onto the studio. He was as bonkers as normal. Um, and he just. He's, he, I said on, in the studio piece there, actually, the sport needs him. Definitely, um, he's a show. But I, I actually feel for Peter a little bit. I know a little bit about his personal life, and I think it, he's quite an extrovert personality. And I think he finds it a lot easier to be play Peter Sagan, it's the, it's a and a lot harder it? to be him when he goes home from here. So I'm sure he'll leave this circus, and uh, his life is is not as you know. He's, he's at the end of the day, people see this amazing athlete but he's a very normal person underneath it all and uh, obviously he's got a kid and stuff and he's, um, I'm sure, like the, most of us, you know, he has the, the problems in his life and, and things that hurt him and he did tell us last week he's going to altitude after this to train and he wants to try and come to the Worlds in Leeds and, and try and win a fourth world title.
5: I try. Yeah, yeah, try. <laughs> I try. I'm going to go, yeah, in altitude before and yeah. after I want uh, to prepare for a... Uh, for, uh, Yorkshire, yeah.
4: Do you have a sense of what you're about to achieve? Number seven, green jersey number seven. Do you, do you sort of feel that or is it just all in a day's work for Peters again?
5: Yeah, because I get in gold, then I have to enjoy the moment, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what about the day that you signed the little fan's book on the way up the Tourmalade? Most people are heads down in a world of painting. And you decided, yeah, I'm going to take that book, I'm going to sign it as I climb. It's not that hard. <laughs> if I have to go, like, uh, Vigo for win the Tour of France, that is difficult, you know, but when I am in Gruppetto alone and uh, somebody asks me to sign, and uh, it's OK. And what
4: about your, um, oh, here's your thing on the TV now, signing
5: the book. Yeah, yeah. that guy is famous now. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> famous, yeah. yeah. Thanks to you. What's been your highlight so far of this year's Tour, Peter? What's been your favourite bit? Passing pretty fast, <laughs> and uh, well, rest days were were good. <laughs> <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> Not and the stage win, the rest day. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, stage win was nice, yeah. But. What about your nice. wheelies? Your wheelies at the top of the time I, I trial. I that for people. See, when we're watching that, I just can't believe you when you tell me how hard it is because that's at the top of some of the steepest climbs of this year's Tour de France and you still have the energy to lift the wheel up and showboat well, for everyone. For meters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to make the bet. For uh, all tour mallet, and i going to lose for sure. <laughs> Peter, it's been an absolute pleasure watching you. Thank you very much. And best Thank of you luck. guys I'm very happy to see you. Yeah, thanks, Peter. It's a pleasure yeah, as nice well. Smith <laughs> <you laughs> bumping Thank Peter you. Sagan is getting you better. Much.
1: You're listening to The Bradley Wiggins Show from Eurosport.
3: So King of the Mountains, polka dot jersey. We've all worn a polka dot jersey. Yeah. He added a cloak free ones that we were chucking out on most stages. But ultimately it went to a bit of a surprise rider, Roman Bardet, who was beaming at the finish. Mm. I mean an odd one because he kind of just fell into it, didn't he, really? He did.
4: And he had a disappointing tour, really, by his yeah. standards. So he was expecting a lot more. I watched him, I was in the behind him or next to him on the motorbike on the cours de Soulor, just before the Tour when he I actually said at the time that's that is Roman Bardet's Tour de France over. Uh, and here we are best part of 10 days later and he's pulling on the polka dot jersey on the Champs-Elysees. So amazing turnaround from yeah. Romain. I love the guy. He's a, he's a, he's a lovely fella and um, I'm pleased for him. Obviously we discussed that photo that, with his father watching yeah. Richard Viron come He's past. a likeable fella, isn't he? And at the end of the day, you know, in the records books we're all going to show that, always going to show that he won the polka dot jersey. They're going to say how he won it. Um, he won and it. the circumstances, You know, there were winners and losers. We discussed that. There were yeah. winners and losers and he was, certainly was one of the winners. Off the back of that, Brad, what's your most most memorable um, moment of the tour well my favourite moment from the bike race was watching Nibali win yesterday in, in Val Yeah, yeah I, I love Nibali he's my, become my we had some big battles me and Vincenzo we had a few fallouts actually I had, to, I had a few apologies I had to send via Google Google Translate, Translate Google Translate saying, it's a handy sorry, tool in the sorry Vincenzo era. I've got a lot of but now I went on the bus this morning he got me on the bus we had a photo I, you know I love the guy he's like an old old school rider and um, just to see the amount of effort he put in and we watched obviously we watched daily during the Giro during the show back yeah. in Feltham at Eurosport HQ um his trials and tribulations of trying to win that race so it was great to see him win up there yesterday and of course Alejandro Valverde finished second our world champion he did um so yeah it was it was just it was it was good to see Vinci that was my favorite moment of the race and
3: what about your favorite moment behind the
4: scenes like
3: be, being a part of the Tour de France in a yeah. way that you've never been a part before
4: I've just had such a great time you know we've had such a good time obviously with the crew we've had our thank Pete our, our wonderful producer Alex our cameraman we've had a cracking time in that van driving love, around France we? and um it's been brilliant it's been I said in the show, actually, it's been my highlight of my cycling career, really. You know, certainly the, the bike stuff was business-like and caused me lots of pain afterwards. But I'm a fan, ultimately. Uh, we came, I came down that Champs-Élysées today on the motorbike. We were live. I've I, been back since 2012, but I stood there in 1993 on that corner of the Place de la Concorde yeah. and I watched Indurane ride across with his Benesto team. Um, and to be back as a fan now and be able to talk on the sport that I love and have so much knowledge about that because I used to sit there in school, not concert. I left school with no qualifications because all I used to read cycling magazines back yeah. to front. I knew everything. And um, I've always thought It was useless information that I soaked up, and now I can use it and make a career around it. And it's great; it's it's fantastic. So uh, yeah, and I guess um, aside from the racing, my favourite moments probably been um, oh memorable. Most not to say my favourite moment, my most memorable moment um, was. You know, being in that media village and seeing a lot of the old, so having a laugh with Tour Hushov, yeah. you, you know, I used to David Monkuti, Jackie Durand, of course yeah. that I roomed with, um, and seeing these riders, Eric Zabel, I saw. But walking down those buses, and for me, I guess the most thing is that I've always felt like a bit of an outsider. I was an outsider at school. I feel like I've been really welcomed back into cycling yeah. this this last couple that's of cool. weeks. That's, and that's... it started, of course, with with shaking hands with Dave Brailsford in Brussels, yeah. which has been really nice, and we sort of reconnected, which is, has been it's been really nice.
3: Yeah, that's that's cool. That's cool. I mean. I think for me from a racing perspective I can't pick a particular moment actually because there've been so many but it's not actually the winner it's the way Julian Alaphilippe tore this race apart. Uh, it was a way... nice
4: moment when we went to their hotel
3: wasn't it? Yeah, that was special. It was in yeah. That corridor. Yeah, that that yeah. was Yeah, I think that, that was very very cool actually because yeah. we saw Alaphilippe again in a in in a way that nobody else would normally see him, you yeah. know. Uh, and, yeah. that, and that was called cool. that, that that yeah, I think that one of I think it's two Alaphilippe moments really. Yeah. I mean, seeing him there, seeing you interview him, seeing how humble he was, but seeing the way that he just fearlessly clung on to the race lead day after day after day to the point where the bookies were shift, the odds were shifting, managers. There's a few squeaky... Bum moments in, in other teams are thinking, well, how can yeah. we dislodge? Finally, he capitulated, but it's one of the bravest displays of bike racing I've ever seen. Yeah. So, you know, hats off to, to Ben and to G, but the man that made the race that shaped it this year for me was Julian Alaphilippe, and, yeah. and that's that's my Absolutely, memorable yeah. moment.
4: Yeah. 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 No, it's been uh, it's been a tour to remember, hasn't it? Definitely, mate. It Definitely. really has been a pleasure to be a part of, hasn't it? It's been superb. And working with yourself, Matt, it's been oh, chill, mate. It's actually been, you know, we've known each other a long time, haven't we? Yeah, we have. I've it's ridden
3: been... you off my wheel. You have several <laughs> times, mate, more than I've ridden you off
4: mine <laughs> um but obviously i watched you with great respect in 1993 milk race i still remember your interview you gave with the maxim
3: hat on thank you yeah yeah. Uh, and the mullet and you've got my expression i use your hands a lot more i than use my to. hands a
4: lot i've learned a lot from you matt the
3: last couple
0: of weeks it's
4: <laughs> been superb and i think we've uh i can't wait till next year and i can't wait to the volta of course I in a week's time we're. it's exciting we're back at it again it's good fun mate. Been so yeah and thank you to all the listeners as well i think i'm hoping matt will be a regular on this show now and, um, you know, we can have a laugh with it a bit more. Definitely. Um, because cycling can be taken very seriously. It can be feel like life and death when you're in it, of as you it know can. very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's nice to just give you that serious stuff, but also
3: get some perspective and realise the reason we all are here is because we love it and it's a sport we love. But it is fun as well, isn't it? Yeah, it can be a good laugh. And it's essentially, it's just full of good people having fun, mate. So that's what it's all about. We're building quite an audience for the end of the day here as well. We are. It's going to look like a light. It is a proper live studio.
4: Okay, Dane of the Day came on. Dane of the Day.
3: Do you want to do that again?
0: We, did we get that? Did we get that? Did we get that?
3: Did we can that? Well, we've got very bad three. Well, no, this is the third Dane of the Day, um, all consecutively. We've had... Uh, no, yes, we had This is our fourth. We had Rolf Sorensen. Oh, yes, Bohambo. Yes, Paskibi. But all the way from Denmark, uh, we've got... We didn't n- come from Denmark because
4: he's, of course, a DS on the race with
3: Trek Sigafledo. So, yeah. Paris, Based from Denmark. Paris by Denmark. It's, yeah. it's Kim Anderson Kim, with a yellow jersey. Kim Anderson in from 1983, and of course, 83. 83. And Sean 83. Kelly took the yellow jersey off him. He did. He's just coming to sit down actually. Yeah, Mark. Kim, just, sit, sit down take beside you. A a Hello, guys. Oh, Kim. I mean, <laughs> it's great to see hey. you. I was a big, big fan
4: of the Kim sport. Anderson from Denmark. <laughs> Kim Anderson from Denmark. A real honour for me to be here, guys. I, I love it in Paris, huh? Love it in Paris. I always work for French teams, Zed, Vie Claire. I took the yellow jersey in 1983 you know that Irish guy took it from me Sean, Sean Kelly. Kelly yeah, yeah Sean Kelly didn't really like him not nice guy not nice guy not nice guy <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I love his commentary I love the way he says Cable Ewan Cable Ewan but uh, <laughs> Kim Anderson from Denmark yeah yeah. so, well, so it's, it's really really special for me it's been a bit
3: of a disappointing tour for Trek segafredo we had uh, obviously Richie Porte in the top 10 yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah out of the top 10 hey. uh, has it been hard to manage the team
4: oh, a little bit uh, Richie Porte he can be a tough character sometimes but he's from Tasmania. He's from Tasmania, you his, know? his
3: favorite nut is a
4: macadamia, as well. Macadamia. I would say cashew, yeah. monkey nut. I like a monkey nut me. Yeah. But okay. hey, we're going out to party now big star Danish style. Just say party again for me. Party. Okay. We're going to party <laughs> tonight. Hopefully I meet Sean Kelly because he's the, he's the guy that took the yellow jersey from me when yeah, I took you, the yellow in I 83. Hope, I hope it's going to be okay. We don't really fight. Did you know somebody nick Sean Kelly's yellow jersey, you know? I never told him it was me. Oh, Kim. I Come stole on. it because oh, he took it from me. Kim,
3: not me funny. You better get yourself off me. Okay, I'm going now. See you. Yeah, thank, thanks for thanks, coming. Then, bye, all the rest. bye. 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 bye, bye. 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 Oh, Kim Kim. Anderson. Kim, great, What a Kim. lad. Great Kim. guy. Yellow jersey, no. of course, in 83. So. He's, he's running down the street. He is. I think he's got to get to that party. I know, he's going to miss it. Kim Anderson for Denmark. Oh, he's shouting as he's running. Kim Denmark. Oh, Kim. What a lad.
4: He's gone. Yeah, oh, lovely, guy. lovely guy, lovely guy. Daily Top man. Day. So that rounds up the Bradley Wiggins show for this week.
2: Thank you for listening. Brad, Matt, thank you both. After a thrilling three weeks, we're sad to say that's it for the tour and for this episode of the Bradley Wiggins show by Eurosport. Thanks to our sponsor, Lacquer, Bicycle insurance powered by the community. We will be back at the end of August for the Vuelta a España, which you can, of course, watch live on Eurosport and Eurosport Player. Until then, you can stay up to date with Brad on social media at Sir Wigo. Matt Stevens, the one and only, is on Real Stevens. You can follow Eurosport on Twitter and Instagram at Eurosport_UK. underscore UK. Plus, you can find us on Facebook. Finally, from me, Graham Wilgos, it's goodbye. If you've enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, share your thoughts and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. The last word, though, has to go to Colombia's first winner of the Mayo Jean. Congratulations once again to Egan Bernal. And here it is. We've been waiting since the 1980s. But finally, viva Colombia, viva Egan Bernal, viva le Tour de France.
1: The Bradley Wiggins Show is a Muddy Knees Media production for Eurosport.